Hello and welcome to the 121st episode of Downtime Podcast with Elisa and Jeremy. Elisa, how are you today? I don't know. Apparently I'm having computer issues. So hey, it's all good. I'm having health issues. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, yeah, we're both we're both experiencing some difficulties right now. Technical difficulties right now. You know, this is a so this is like the third time we tried to record this. I think this is a sign that I need to get a new laptop or get a build a new computer. I don't know. This laptop is, that I'm currently recording on is about six years old. So maybe this is a sign that next year I need to upgrade. Yeah, no, that's pretty much what it means. I mean, Black Friday's coming up. Maybe you can pick up a new laptop for a cheap price. Yeah, I'm thinking, see... Ideally, I would like to just build a desktop because that would be the easiest. But I think with my lifestyle, I'm moving around so much that I don't think a desktop is a good idea. Like, I'd rather get, like, a nice, like, powered up PC than mm -hmm. get a desktop just because I'm on the go way too much. Yeah, because of what you do and the nature of just everything in your life, I think it's better that you have a laptop. But although, you know, a desktop is nice for, like, like higher-end PC games, you know, yeah. stuff that's more demanding. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I think that's so – I think you should definitely look into getting both in the future, you know? Yeah. Probably look into Asus, Asus. I never know how to say that I think word. it's Asus. 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 Okay. Asus. That's what I've heard. Okay. Probably look into that, get something new, treat myself, because I'm turning 28 next year. Treat yourself, and damn, not, 28. 28's like not a special year, unless you make it special, so. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, to Sacramento this past weekend, had some brunch at this awesome place called the Waffle Experience, and everything they had there has waffles. So you can get eggs Benedict with waffles, okay. of course, chicken so and waffles. Instead of instead of an English muffin, it's a waffle. Correct. Yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. delicious. Do they yeah. do crispy chicken sandwiches? They do it between two waffles. That's what I was expecting. Yes, and there's savory waffles, you know, as you would expect with a sandwich, but there's also sweet waffles, like with syrup. Um, it's pretty dope. It was a good place. Had to wait for a little bit because it's a popular spot. I mean, brunch is just um, becoming a more and more popular concept um, for a lot of places in a lot of cities. Uh, but yeah, Did it was you good. Get bottomless mimosas? No, because we were driving, so we didn't want to uh -huh. drink. We That's had. Okay. A Bloody Mary that was pretty good. The alcohol okay. content was pretty low, but it was still pretty good. For sure. Yeah. yeah. When you get those breakfast cocktails, they really shouldn't be that bad. No, not at all. One time I got a Bloody Mary and I don't even, okay, I don't even really like tomato juice, but I got the Bloody Mary because it looked pretty and everyone had one. So I figured, all right, I'm just going to match with everyone, get this Bloody Mary. And it was good. But holy crap, they put a whole piece of bacon on the rim, like on top of the rim of the cup. Oh, wow. And the bacon, the piece of bacon was really greasy. 
I have mixed feelings about it. Huh. That's it, it, it's like you can tell it was just fried. Yeah, that's. I don't even think they choice. dabbed it. Yeah, I think mimosas are definitely a, a better choice for brunch than Bloody Marys. There are definitely people who prefer Bloody Marys than mimosas for brunch, and I'm not going to hate on you. You you do you, you know? You do you. But, but uh, in my personal opinion, I think mimosas are a little bit better for brunch uh, as a drink. I think you just got to like tomato juice, too. Yeah, that has to be a more important factor of it uh, i just got it for the gimmick yeah and you're like okay if it's on the menu and it looks interesting you'll want to try it yeah then was immediately over it after but till yeah. next time yeah for sure um after brunch started feeling under the weather had a fever some chills muscle aches thought it was the flu might not be the flu Could uh, still I'm, be the flu yeah could also still be the flu kind of waiting it out we'll see how i feel tomorrow um but yeah, uh, hopefully I'm not too sick, but I'm planning to go to bed super early tonight and just to get it out of the way yep. and feel better tomorrow. Um, and on shopping today, which is kind of nice, it was a okay, nice. it was an okay day with the Trader Joe's. As I stepped outside, there was ash falling from the sky and a really weird smoky smell, and it reminded me of the fires last year in the Bay Area. And I was like, all right, I know PG&E shut off, shut off their power. But there already is a fire, and then I was kind of worried about it, and I looked it up the news, and there was a fire near Lake Merced in San Francisco, and it was, like, blowing over different parts of the city, and it was causing ash to fall down. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this. <laughs> like, I'm just so over it right now. Huh? I really oh. thought it was, like, a fire from, Was like, it caused by power plants? Cough, no, cough? It was a <laughs> it was a wild bushfire, and I was like, okay. Uh-huh. Sure mm-hmm. it is. Sure it is, PG&E. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta yeah, love that, it. Gotta hate that, it. Right? So, hate to love it. Yeah. I, I I was just like, I was scared and I was kind of confused. Um, But it's all good now. It, the, the, they put out the fire and it wasn't that big of a fire, but it did create a lot of panic. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well. Uh, for, for those out of the loop, basically... Uh, the past few days, PG&E announced that they were going to cut off power to like 800,000 people. And PG&E is the uh, u- uh, electric utility company of the San Francisco Bay Area. Correct. Uh, last year and the year prior, their equipment was responsible for several fires that broke out, with last year's fire being probably the deadliest. Um, yes. It destroyed several million acres and it destroyed several, towns. Yeah, there were several towns in Napa and Sonoma that were destroyed. Wineries were ruined. Um, people's lives were ruined. It was yeah. it was terrible, and th- it cost PG&E like three hundred million dollars or something. I forget. There was some crazy amount of money that they owed. And so this year they're like, all right, this weekend has some very high winds. We're gonna shut off all the our equipment. By so the way, means- it's not windy at all. I'm just yeah. saying it, it's legit not windy. Someone on Reddit was like filming their flag outside their house. They're like, oh my God, check it out. The high winds are here. And it was like barely moving. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. Yeah, there were a lot of like memes going on during that time about the blackout. And so, yeah, there were people that... So, I mean, like arguably no power also causes more, like not more damage than the fires, but like enough damage to, you know, stop businesses from working. People from my office that lived in those affected areas, they stayed home for those couple of days because they didn't 
you know, their security systems were off. Like, their the whole thing was off. Yeah, not surprised. There was a story about a Baskin Robbins and this couple that runs it, and they were trying to save it by like not opening the fridge. And I was like, oh, geez, this is crazy. <laughs> That's so sad. I know. All 31 flavors. No. Oh, God. Got to save the 31 flavors. For real, though. Um, But your area was okay, right? Yeah, I was fine. Yeah. So it was only for places that were high risk for fire. So places... Definitely outside of San Francisco, but in the hills. If you were closer to the hills, that's where they were targeting. Exactly. Basically, if you live near like dry brush or like dry grass, then they were like, "Oh, you're not gonna have power." Yeah. There are a lot of places. There's a wide area that they covered, and there were yeah, again, eight hundred thousand to probably a million people that were affected by this, Mm -hmm. and one person died because their 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 oxygen tank that required power. was shut off and 12 minutes after the power shut off he passed away because he didn't get enough oxygen that's so sad holy crap yeah and i'm like damn okay pgne what are you gonna do about this probably nothing because nothing yeah they never do yeah it's true but other than that you're having a good weekend so far lisa yep it's been a great weekend and i am ready to talk about all the controversy this week in video gaming But before we get to that... Before we talk about PlayStation 5 and Blitz Chung, uh, we're going to talk about games we're playing, as well as games that are out this week and last week. So games that came out last week include Destiny 2, the Shadowkeep DLC, which quite a few people I've seen playing. I think it's a good one. Uh, Concrete Genie has come out, which I actually have. John Wick Hex is out because... Did you know there was going to be a John Wick game, Jeremy? Did you know? No. Because I didn't. I, <laughs> yeah, I did exactly. Not. I, I thought there already was one for VR. I don't I don't know. I just found, I found out for the first time this week. And I feel like if you were to have a John Wick game, it would be by a higher grade developer. But because um, there's a lot of action and stealth to be involved. But I guess not. And Ukulele and the Impossible Lair is out, which brings me the question... Was ukulele that popular to have a sequel? All right. This is what I'm going to tell you. All right. <laughs> yes. Okay. It, it, it was popular. Um, people that loved Banjo-Kazooie love this game. Okay. Because um, it's made by the same team that created the original Banjo. They all left Rare to okay. make their own studio. Yes. That, yes. That, I... Yeah. It kind of harkens to the... To the, the the ukulele game, the essence, the field, even the logo kind of harkened to the golden age of the rare the rare game saga and uh, the Banjo-Kazooie days. Especially the font is very Banjo-Kazooie-esque and the duo heroes are very Banjo-Kazooie-esque. Um, they got the same composer, like basically all the same people that, um, that, uh, that worked on the Banjo games uh, worked on this game and made it. Yes. I actually backed this game on Kickstarter when it was first announced, and I was really excited about it. Yeah, I, I remember. It wasn't yeah. good. I, I'm a huge Banjo fan, but played it for like 30 minutes, and I was extremely disappointed. There was there was just nothing to do in the game. I feel like a lot of people had the same opinion of you so uh, as you, so I'm surprised that there's a sequel out now. 
people just keep giving them money. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's it's not a bad thing. Like, again, like we've talked about this to death, Elisa, but like gamers need to vote with their wallets. And we'll get into that specific subject regarding a certain person named Blitzchung and Blizzard later. But, you know, vote with your wallets, people. If you really like something, then you're then and you want more of it, then pay for it. And that's exactly what they want this more. Is. They want more ukulele, apparently. And I guess that's one of the reasons why Ukulele and the Impossible Layer came out. Um, I am interested in this game. I don't know if I'm going to get it anytime soon because the sour taste of Ukulele, the original, is still bitter in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, this one looks a lot better because it's more akin to the style of Donkey Kong Country. Um, like, definitely more 2.5D platformers. I think this oh, game. Okay. This should have been what this was before, honestly. Like, this should have been the f- the first ukulele that came out. Exactly. Um, I'm not saying that they chose a bad direction with the first ukulele game. Um, I'm just saying that they, they, they just should have done more testing. There's a lot of things that they could have done better with the original game and they come out with updates like every few months about it on their Kickstarter page. I only know this because I'm still subscribed to it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks interesting, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just there. Let's All put right. it that way. It is uh, there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested, but I'm probably not going to get it anytime soon. For sure. For sure. Well, that is out now for anyone who is listening as well as Killer Queen Black is out. I don't know the details behind that. I just know the arcade game, but I'm assuming it's the next version or the next level of it. And then coming out this week uh, is Overwatch and The Witcher 3 are coming out on Switch. Children of Morda is coming out, and Felix the Reaper is coming out. And the only reason why I know about Felix the Reaper is because I've been... Um, I have that game on my wish list on Steam because it's a ro- it's a romantic comedy. A romantic mm. comedy called Felix the Reaper. So, hey, I, whatever. <laughs> I was intrigued by the title and the description. So maybe I'll, I might, I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but we'll see. So that's everything that's uh, some of the few games that are coming out this week and the games that came out last week. So, Jeremy, what have you been playing this week? Well, honestly, still playing Dead by Daylight. Cool. <laughs> Nothing uh, wrong with that. Yeah, the Halloween event's coming up, as I mentioned in previous podcasts. Um, but what basically, which basically means more blood points, different character skins and DLC. No, not DLCs. Different character skins, which are DLCs. Um, and yeah, so something about Dead by Daylight that I just experienced is, and I've heard had prior knowledge of this before is. At the 13th of every month, there's a rank reset. And what that means is when you first load Dead by Daylight, let's say you're a brand new player, you start at rank 20. And your goal is to get to rank 1. Now, not everyone can get to rank 1. It it counts down. You have to achieve certain things during each match to what's called pip. And it means to get one notch on your belt. And there's a total of four or five notches in each level to rank you down to the next level. So let's say like you take people off hooks or you heal people or you complete generators. Um, you, you make the killer chase you, you 
um, yeah, you, there's like there's all these different like little factors in the game that attribute to different skills okay. and ultimately different rewards. And at the end of every match, the amount of blood points you get determine the different actions that you take during each match. And, and if you move up. Exactly. And these all attribute to if you pip or not. Pip means you get the little notch. And you can also de-pip. So let's say you didn't do anything in the game except for just die. And okay. if you just died, you're obviously going to de-pip because you took no actions to help Could you. Could you go below level 20? No, level 20 is the highest. But okay. the sorry, let me put it this way. It, it counts down backwards. So level 20 is the lowest with number one being the highest. Um, yeah, so, so you can't do 21. No, no. 20 is always going to be the lowest. Okay. And so... At the, at the 13th of every month, there's a reset, and right now I am 12, rank 12, but I was originally rank 9, and I had to work throughout the day today to get back to get back to a lower single-digit area. How um, many I games was, did you have to play to get yourself back to single-digit? So when I started up this morning, I was 13, rank 13. And I and then I just got to twelve, so it took a long time. I had to play ten or twelve matches. How long is each match? Like ten to fifteen minutes, depending on how well you do. There's oh, no timer. I see. That's a solid. Oh. That's a solid like three hours of your time. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah, you can get experience pretty fast in this game. Um, yeah, uh, and there's a lot of factor that factors that determine how well you do so you can get to two or more levels in like the same amount of matches that i played today if you do really well and mm -hmm. if you survive like it, definitely if you survive then you're obviously gonna pip but um yeah there were there are a couple matches where the killers were really hard and yeah it was it was really hard to escape them like that we we played against a pig and the pig is from um the Saw, the Saw movies, because they're, they're licensed characters. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yeah, she, it's I a woman. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, and there's also Freddy, there's Michael Myers. Yes, uh, I remember you were telling me that. Yeah, there's the Demogorgon, um, so, yeah, they all have their different unique perks, and some of them are just harder than others. Like, there's one called the Plague, and she just throws up on you, and you get sick, and then she always knows where you are because you're throwing up and you're sick. And you're like, how do I complete the game? But so, yeah, no, I'm still having a lot of fun with the game. Um, it's definitely something I'm probably going to play for a really long time. Speaking of Michael Myers, uh, I rewatched Halloween last week. And my hot take, I don't know if it's that hot, but I really think Halloween is the, be is the best Halloween-themed horror movie of all time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think it's really good the way that um so last week i was watching it from sort of a filmmaking standpoint like a like a cinematographer and and soundtrack standpoint and man it i it's just really great at creating suspense and making the viewer uncomfortable which i rate pretty highly as a as a slasher film because i don't necessarily think that slasher films are scary Mm -hmm. but i re i do think halloween the original one the one that came out in 1978 is one of the best horror movies of all time yeah i've heard that and they made a sequel direct to it last year i believe yes which is confusing 
because technically Halloween has like 20 sequels, but the actual, actual direct storyline sequel was Halloween 2018. Yeah. And although they did have other sequels, that one ignored the other sequels and just. Oh, yeah. I was like, all right, that's cool. They're pulling the Godzilla continuity, which is like the old Godzilla films. They always disregarded everyone before it and just was were a sequel to the first Godzilla movie. I'm like, all right, that's cool. The Halloween last year actually got, um, it was, uh, John Carpenter oversaw a lot of that. So a lot of the Halloween sequels, John Carpenter was not involved in it. So this this is one of the first Halloween sequels where he even redid the soundtrack and remastered it for it. Oh, wow. First of all, I can't believe he's still alive. <laughs> Dude, John Carpenter has like a jazz band. He's like a musician now. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that dude is like, all right, I made horror movies. Time to yeah, move on. He's just like, peace. I'm going to be a musician. Dude, what a, what a boss, though. <laughs> yeah, that's badass. Yeah. Anyways, that was my tangent, but I just I just wanted to tell you that I saw Halloween recently. Oh no, no worries. They're so adding on to that, they're actually filming two more sequels. Halloween yes. Kill Halloween Kills is coming out next year, and then Halloween Ends is coming out in twenty twenty one. And these are sh- being shot back to back right now. Yes. And I'm like, that's dope. Jamie Lee Curtis be like, these are the last two I'm ever doing. She's like, I'm collecting my paycheck. I'm over it. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Love, leave me be. It's actually kind of interesting because Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode is actually a character in Dead by Daylight, but the Ooh, young version. Yeah, yes. Yep, yep. She's the younger version, which is cool. Oh, the high school one? The high school yes. version? Got it. Yep. And uh, As long as it's not the H2O version because what the fuck was that? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no not that which by the way h2o is supposed to mean halloween 20 the 20th anniversary yep but, but it's no. like what <laughs> it looks like water so <laughs> looks like you're trying to stay hydrated and, it looks like you you're know, trying to stay hydrated in the in this scary time <laughs> i know which is by the way a terrible name for a sequel you should never name it after the anniversary of the series like why <laughs> yeah my goodness because it's confusing because if you say halloween 20 then it's seems like it's the 20th version or the 20th sequel exactly and should've, naming it should have named no, it 1998 yeah yeah should have named it 1998 yeah halloween 1998 would be a better title you're like yeah. okay i know what year it takes place and when it came out yeah yeah, Halloween H2O 20 years later is too much of a title, and H2O definitely does it. Like, Halloween water 20 years later. Ew, that's just gross. I know. <laughs> Not about and, it. Exactly. Also, the fact that there's three movies named Halloween is really bad. It's just bad marketing. Yes. Like, I know Rob Zombie tried to redo it with Halloween 1 Dude, and 2. I don't... Th- of all the sequels, I don't consider the Rob Zombie sequels even relevant. Uh, no one does, I think. I don't They're know. like not have nothing to. It's just whatever. Yeah. Make your own scary slasher film. That's why they made the last year's sequel a sequel. 
yeah, basically a direct sequel to the first one and not, you know... To redeem not... the whole series. Yeah, and I guess that's why they named it Halloween as well, but the fact that they're naming the movie Halloween based on the sequel to Halloween was kind of weird, but uh, I don't know. It gets a pass in my book. Yeah, whatever. Listen, movie studios need to make money. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It gets a pass for me because it revived the franchise, but not in a shitty way. Well, there you go. That's a good redeeming pass. Yes. So that ends uh, my tangent on <laughs> Halloween the movie. Yeah, and that's all I'm playing. Okay, cool. So, for the first time last week, I played the v- the Oculus VR game Vader Immortal Episode 1 and Episode 2. And okay. it's a... It's a it's a Star Wars VR game where you are I don't know I don't know if you're a descendant of Darth Vader, but you have the force. So you have the force. So you're a descendant of Darth Vader, and you have to use your powers to defeat Darth Vader. Okay. I, I don't necessarily think it's canon, but it's just a fun VR game to um to, just to show all the things that you can do. So, for example, you can use the force with your hand to pick up things and throw them back at people when you attack. You you have a lightsaber in the game, and then you're using that to defend yourself. And um, so Vader Immortal comes in episodes. So the first episode is an introductory episode of just introducing, like, you have the force. And then episode two, you will have the force now and you're learning to use it and so episode three is going to be like well turns out darth vader's evil so i guess i'm going to use the force against him <laughs> episode three is not out yet but that's what i'm assuming it's going to be about and i was playing it and gotta say i like not really into like hardcore into the star wars series but as a game i thought this was fine also one of the easiest VR games I've ever played in my entire life. Really? It was really easy to play. Really easy to understand for someone who... I think that someone could go into this game and who's never done VR before. And they give you so many on-screen instructions that, you, that you'll get it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It was really easy to play. In fact... I was questioning whether I thought it was too easy, but like okay, but I took it back because VR is fucking difficult half the time. So I think the fact that this was really easy, um, was helpful because it it was more definitely more about the storyline and going through the episode. It's not bogging you with ridiculous controls or dumb things that you have to do in the VR. Gotcha. Yeah. So I did that. And the one of the reasons that I really played it, though, is there is a round, there is a section called the dojo. And the dojo is a section of each game where it's a free-for-all of enemies attacking you. And it's time attack. So it's, a, it's almost like a fighting game. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So I was using the force against all the haters. And I... Yeah, I was pretty much... So each episode... The actual storyline, the main story, only takes about 30 minutes to get through. But you could, okay. but I think the dojo has in, is like infinite. Like, 
it just increases in difficulty each time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I didn't get that far just because I, I've, like, that's still a lot for me to understand, like, you know, to really, like, finesse. But I did decently in the dojo for someone who's played it for the first time. Cool. Yeah. And so that's what I did with Vader Immortal episode one and two. And then I played Concrete Genie. In fact, I finished Concrete Genie before this podcast. What's Concrete Genie? I've never heard of this before. So Concrete Genie is a game that I've been really interested in playing for a very long time. And I it was announced at the beginning of this year. And I pre-ordered it, rem- not remembering that I pre-ordered it, <laughs> apparently. And, I ju- and then all of a sudden it was available on my... Uh, you know, in my PlayStation downloads, it's like, oh my god, the game's out. So, the game is a uh, it's it's developed by Pixel Opus, and uh, it it's a uh, it's a developer studio that's under Sony. So this is only a PS4 game. Oh, okay. And you have an option of playing it as a VR game, but I played it with controller. So. It's a story about a teenager and he's trying to revive his hometown of Denska. And so the teen the main character teenager his name's Ash and he likes to sketch and he likes to draw and his hometown Denska is kind of an area that's uh it's rife with like a lot of troubled kids and a lot of people destroying the town. And some of these kids include a bunch of bullies that are that are tormenting him. And so Ash likes to sketch because he finds solace in sketching. And one of the sketches that he has is he will sketch random characters and they're kind of like genies, hence concrete genie. And one day Ash is kind of at the Denska lighthouse. And then one of the one of the genies that he drew in his sketchbook, whose name's Luna. Yeah. Her name's Luna. She comes alive and then grants you a powerful paintbrush. And your goal is you have to paint the town and revive it back to its beauty that you remembered it as a kid. Oh, that's very wholesome. This is uh, like, I was really, this game made me really happy when I was playing it. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed this game a lot. I finished... I didn't realize the game was so short. Uh, the game was short, but I f- also feel like it was the perfect amount of hours. So it took... I want to say it took me like seven hours to finish. I Oh, okay. I think... I wish it was longer just because I was having such a great time. But I do think it was the perfect amount of time to tell the story. Nothing really seemed to drag. Hmm. Okay. So you felt satisfied after. Yes. You know, f- speaking of dra- like the funniest, the funniest part is the part that dragged the most was the tutorial, <laughs> and oh. it was so stupid. So the tutorial, so there's two sets of tutorials. the The second part of the tutorial is where is when the game teaches you how to paint on walls of the town, but then the first tutorial is showing you how to paint in his sketchbook, which, by the way, you never use his sketchbook ever again after this tutorial. It was pointless. Oh, but, wow. But also, you had to cut... You, so, to it, it was showing you um, 
his genie Luna, like to introduce you like, oh, this genie's going to come to life eventually. But you had to color in the genie and coloring the genie was freaking ridiculous. Like the strokes were really difficult, especially with the, the way that the controls are. It's like you can't color in this game. And and when I was first playing it, I was like, you mean to tell me I got to color this? I have to color a bunch of sketches. This is going to oh, suck. Wow. But it turns out that that's not even how you play the game at all. <laughs> how you actually oh. play the game, which is not even remotely related to the first tutorial, is all you have to do is uh, so in your so in your new sketchbook, there are you have different choices of things to draw, such as like um such as stars or butterflies or trees. And all you have to do is press R2 and then and then use your controller, raise your control. So it uses controller motion. So you raise your controller in an upwards motion to paint up and then it creates the tree. Oh, that's so cool. So you don't even have to color like the first tutorial told me to do. <laughs> and I was like, what, what was the point of this? What was the point of this first tutorial? Because the game is actually way easier than that. That's misleading. It was super misleading, but I'm I appreciate it because the game was a lot easier. And so there's uh four different areas you have to revive. Uh you have to revive the town lighthouse, the fish market, the power plant and the waterway and uh which are the sewers and what's really cool is in each area it introduces new things that you can draw and paint. Like you can collect different drawings so that you can paint more things. So, for example, the starter um you start off with like a sun like you can paint a sun but then when you get to the next area you learn how to paint the moon and just you're you're collecting more things to draw oh that's so cool yeah it was really okay this was a really heartwarming game it made me really happy inside and it was really touching too because it it's really so beyond all of this this is a story about how people need to confront kind of their pasts and their demons that cause them to be the bullies they are today. So it touched on it touched on a lot of great story points in these 7 hours. And what what I really appreciate about the end of the game is that the whole the whole point of the game is your painting. So you think that you think that you you know, you're just painting and that's it. But there are battles at the end of the game which i wasn't expecting but it was cool so it's not just a oh i'm painting whatever there are actually uh monster genies that you need to fight eventually but, oh cool cool yeah so i felt i i thought that this was a very well-rounded game um aside from the very first tutorial i and i thought the game was really easy to understand and play and this is me using a control a controller and not playing the PSVR version. But I did mm. I did not have difficulty playing this game. Uh, that's all I have to really say about Concrete. Oh, so the last thing I have to say about Concrete Genie is um, there's so you have to decorate the walls and you have to go up different ladders. And it was really obvious in my player in Ash having to climb the different obstacles that they took from uncharted oh. <laughs> mechanics like and then i it made it made me realize like oh playstation all uses the same scripts and templates for their game <laughs> <laughs>
Like, it was extremely obvious this came from Uncharted. I see. But, that, yeah. But that was fine. Um, overall, Concrete Genie was a really, really great game. I'm actually going to probably do the free play before I go to sleep and just paint more of the stuff now, now that the game's over. But I loved it. Really, I'm really glad that I pre-ordered this. I, man, I had such a good time. Like, I'm really, ha- I, I get really happy thinking about that game. It was just so lighthearted, but I think it's exactly what I needed. But also telling a good story. I think I want to check it out too. Yeah, definitely. I um, suggest it for anyone who wants a relatively short game, and uh, that's artistic, but also has a little bit of battles towards the end of it. Oh, cool. Yep. And then the last thing I have to talk about before news is that in Stardew Valley, I am three melons away from reviving the community center. Three melons? So melons can only grow in the summer and I just need three gold star melons and I've revived the whole community center and stopped Joja Cola from joining Stardew Valley. Hey. Which is all I really wanted. And those are my updates for this week. That's what's up. That's what's up. So now we're going to go into news. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about PS5. And yeah, because that's, that's like the easiest thing to talk about first. Yeah. So basically when Sony revealed the PS5 details, which were pretty cool, um, they also had some layoffs. Yes. Um, they laid off people in the U.S. and in the U.K. And although it's it's unclear to me exactly what was laid off, it definitely now I feel even more confident that there is some sort of restructure going on. Yeah. Because I don't think it's a coincidence anymore. <laughs> They're Anyone def- you know that you keep in touch with that was affected? I don't. I'm not sure. Okay. But uh, but there's definitely a restructure going on for PlayStation Five. I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's happening. Some people say otherwise. I think there definitely is a restructure going on. Oh yeah, totally. There's a restructure. I don't. It, none of none of this just happens, and it's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> but yeah. I hope that all of those people who got laid off from PlayStation find jobs very soon in other companies. Yeah, same. Like, it's definitely hard in the gaming industry. Yeah. It sucks, you know? It sucks hearing these news because, like, we in the past, like, year and a half, we've, you know, seen the fall of Telltale and just, like, all the really bad things that are going on within the gaming industry. Studios closing left and right mm-hmm. and layoffs happening. Um yeah, and it sucks, you know? It's it's a good time to be a gamer, but it's also, like, it's kind of a painful one at the same time. Yeah, just because everything's oversaturated right now. The good news yep. is that also it's, it's a rise of people being independent developers. So maybe yeah. not going the corporate route is the better route, but wishing the best for everyone who got laid off. The way that I like to think about indie developers is, like, the same thing as people who, chefs who buy and start up food trucks. It's like they were kicked out of a restaurant because of either a layoff or an economic downfall. And so they're like, you know what? I want to be my own boss. I'm going to make my own 
my own restaurant, but it's going to be in a truck and they can go anywhere they want. And that's pretty much how I think about indie developers is they're kind of like the food trucks of the gaming industry. Yes. And they're, they're started by people that were not given a choice to continue on doing something that they loved, but they still want to do something that they love and that's creating games. And so they do it by being their own boss. Yes, totally. And, you know, like, there's a lot of independent people thriving right now as well. So there, the future's always, there's always something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll definitely look up for these people that were at PlayStation. I mean, there's a, a plethora of different game studios in the Bay Area that will surely take up their talents. Totally. Totally. Um. So touching. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You go first. Oh, I was going to say, in regards to the actual PlayStation 5 news, Yes, there we go. <laughs> so there um so the article there was an article released so the announcement was actually made by the Wired magazine or Wired magazine. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a the, but PlayStation 5 is coming out in 2020. No one to to no one's surprise, it's called the PS5 because what else are you going to call it? <laughs> yeah. Like like I was just like when they when they had to actually say the line there, I was like, "Duh." <laughs> um a few things that we already knew was there's going to be ray tracing and solid state drive. A few of the new things had to do with uh, the controller itself. So the upcoming DualShock is going to have, I want to say, refined haptics. So currently what you have with DualShock 4 is your controller just kind of rumbles whenever something happens in the game. Like, say, for example, you get into a fight or you bump into someone or you crash your car or whatever or you fall off your horse and the controller just rumbles so what they're saying is going to happen in this upcoming controller is now when the controller rumbles and vibrates like say it you'll actually tell whether you're or not and this is the example they give you'll you'll feel a textured difference of crashing into a wall versus being tackled on a football field and then on top of mm-hmm. that, the L2, R2 triggers are also going to have more haptics. And you as the player can program your controller um, to to have as much resistance for, y- for you to feel on the adaptive triggers. So you can control the haptics that you feel at that part of the controller. Yeah. That's so cool. And I'm not sure about the haptics. Um, I feel like PlayStation probably is close just because they already implement rumble in a lot of different points of a game. Um, actually, the I feel like the DualShock 4 is really interesting. Like, there's rumble, there's, like, the screen in the middle that, like, you can use as a touchpad, but mostly it's to view the map. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, not gonna lie, it would be kind of cool to actually feel that you're doing something different, like swimming. Or you're running, so. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much they can do. Yeah, there's only so much you can do to control a controller without just having it do its basic function. But, yeah, yeah, I have no issue with that. I mean, what's going to happen with PlayStation is if it doesn't catch on, then it's just there (laughs) again. (laughs) Like a lot of things that they do at PlayStation, so. Yeah, no. Um... True. 
uh, building off of that, the controllers will be USB Type-C compatible, which is super dope. I mean, they're definitely trying to get on with the times. Uh, it was con- they were, Yeah, I was about to say, I think the controllers were always up to up to speed with the with the uh current version of usb so yeah yeah and i think the switch was definitely the turning point when the switch was both usb original as well as usb c compatible um so some other specs for the ps5 include um a 4k blu-ray player that that um is also the optical drive um the games, the PS5 games, will now be on 100 gigabyte Blu-ray discs. Um, the internal specifics of the PS5 include a custom SSD, which, as if you've ever seen like the leaked footage of that Sony press conference, you could see uh, how fast Spider-Man loaded. And I think we mentioned this briefly on a previous podcast, but the SSD that they're creating for this PS5 is going to be make it so that the game loads like 10 seconds faster or something like that. Um, CPU is an X8664 AMD Ryzen Zen 2, 8 cores, 16 threads. The GPU is an AMD Radeon RDNA. Uh, it's got 8K resolution, PS4 backwards compatible, and PSVR support. Um, and the only thing I want to say about this last point is being PS4 backwards compatible, um, usually when a first iteration of a console comes out, they offer backwards compatibility, a la the first edition of the Xbox 360, as well as the first edition of the PS3. They are both backwards compatible with their previous counterparts, uh, previous generation counterparts. But for the PS5, we don't know if they're actually going to continue with that through the next models, because as we know, like later models of both the PS3 and the Xbox 360 did not, or yeah, they, they didn't allow backwards compatibility like when they first came out, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember if they allowed it later on, but like an example, a good example would be the Xbox one where like last year or two years ago, they allowed Xbox games to be played on the Xbox one, yeah, which I thought was really cool and interesting. So whether or not Sony will continue having backwards compatibility in future iterations of the PS five, like a PS five slim or a PS five 10 K or whatever, um, it really depends and is weighted to be seen in the future. Yes. I mean, I'm all for backwards compatibility. I, Nintendo was definitely doing that for a little bit, and then they stopped because obvious reasons. Um, but, yeah. So, we'll see what happens. I'm just... I'm I'm excited for fast downloads <laughs> for the PlayStation 5. Yeah, I'm excited for the SSD. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. Like, something has to be done because, for example, Red Dead Redemption was something like 70-ish gigabytes and came from two discs. And I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not Sony's fault, by the way. But I'm, but might as well think ahead in what the future of all of these games and how much memory they take is is I think that's really important because I feel like Sony too with the PlayStation 4 has so much cash. Do you look at your memory sometimes and the section for other is just huge and you're thinking what what the hell is under other? Yep, yep. So, I to my understanding, this new PlayStation 5 should bypass all of that. Yeah, I, I was just going to say I'm excited for 
the I'm excited for the game, just the games for the PS5 in the future. Yes. Oh, speaking of the games, lasting in their release is that they announced Death Stranding, The Last of Us Part Two, and Ghost of Tsushima are still going to be PlayStation 4 titles. Yes, I'm definitely looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima. Yes, and now that it's going to come out on PS4 gives me a reason that I'm not going to buy PlayStation 5 on launch. Yeah, same. I never do. But it, it, now it's just like I'm definitely not going to. And that's a smart choice too because you want to let the people that buy it first kind of guinea pig it and then once they're, all the errors are sorted out, then yeah. you'll be like, all right, I waited a year to buy it and now I have it and it's on sale. It's cheaper than it was when it first came out and yep. there's no bugs. Let's do it. Yep, let's do it all. That's how I feel about phones too. Like I never want to buy a phone the day it launches because I know there's going to be problems. Yeah. And you let all the other people test it out first, and once they find all the bugs, and the company that gave you that made the phone fixes them, then you're like, all right. Let's remember do this. that one time I I I don't remember what it was, but iPhone came out with a phone, and they found out that when you put a phone co- any sort of phone cover on the phone bluetooth doesn't work at all i don't remember which one it was but you had they had to recall all the iphones to fix that oh that's terrible yeah it's so dumb wow who wow okay yeah <laughs> as is tradition with good. apple so mhm all right, let's talk about this next thing that's probably the biggest thing that caused a chain reaction of other things and was built upon other things that happened. Yes. Blitzchung. So, yeah, last week there was a... Was it last week, right? It was last week. Yeah, there was a Hearthstone tournament that happened in Taiwan, and Blitzchung... Grandmasters I don't know, is... Season 2, 2019, Age of Pacific. Oh, there you go. Uh, the real name Blitzchung. Do you have it, it is, somewhere? It is Chung Ng Wai. He won the tournament. Was being interviewed by two presenters, and uh, they they asked him something. I think it was like you could. They asked him to say something about his game or whatever. Yeah, like, kind of like give l- a, last give a message. words. What are your last words? Yeah. And he was he was wearing a mask and he was also wearing goggles in the style of the Hong Kong protesters and. He said, uh, liberate Hong Kong, the revolution of our times. Yes. Or something like that. And then the two casters kind of just like put their heads down for some reason. Yeah. It, it's important to note that in this in this live stream, when he says that, the two podcast or like the two um, the two uh, interviewers just kind of duck. Like <laughs> when they realize what was going on, they didn't want, like as if they didn't want to be associated like, with it. First of all. What do they think that's gonna do? Like that, you, they know that some that video is being recorded somewhere, and of course it was, and it got put out on the internet on Twitter. And second of all, like, you're, what do you think you can do to defuse the situation? And the thing that they did was they just said, okay, we're gonna cut to a commercial break, and they just cut to a commercial break immediately. Uh, yeah. You know the whole it, and actually finish the story first. That I'm yeah. Talk. So because he said that. Blizzard was like, "All right, so we don't, we don't. It's not that they don't. It's not that they didn't agree with it. It was like they they said it was against the company policy to state views and to um, say things that were not related to the game 
um, something that might cause offense to other people. And they pulled his winning money out. They pulled his they pulled off his title, and yeah, he's banned for a and year. He's banned for a year, and from October fifth this year to October fifth, twenty twenty. Exactly, he's not allowed to play the game anymore. And of course, people on Twitter were furious. They're outraged, and the news blew up so fast that even two U.S. senators got in on it, and they were like, "Hey, this is wrong." And even uh, Tim Sweeney of Epic Games was like, we would never do this to our fans. And everyone's like, all right, you, you calm down there. You sit in the corner and you do what you do best. You just be quiet. <laughs> and uh, and there was another game called like Gods Unchained that was similar to Hearthstone. Like they, I think it's their biggest competitor. They're like, hey, we're going to pay Blitzchung all of his money and we're going to have him put it. We're going to put him in a top spot for for our tournament. I don't know if he actually took that offer, but it was really classy of them to be like, yeah, we're we're going to support you because you deserve it. I thought that was really cool. Even though it's not the same game, it is, you know, kind of the right thing to do when someone loses something that they rightfully earned with all the hard work that they put into it. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a few points of context and just a few points in general that I want to make. So, first of all, Blizzard also ceased to work with the two casters who were interviewing Blitzchung. And in the stream, it was incredibly obvious that those two casters had no idea what was going on. And yet they're now fired too. Yeah. So so no matter so there's a iffy thing because even if you d- no matter what, if you didn't agree with Blitzchung whatever, but that those two people got fired just for standing there having to be the person interview him shows how it shows a lot of ridiculousness in the situation of having to bend the knee and then another point of context is that Blitzchung himself is from Hong Kong so even if you don't agree with him this person is actually a Hong Kong person. So if anyone was a- was to actually speak their opinion about this situation, he would be the person to do it. And third of mm-hmm. all, think of all the people who swear at who swear on Hearthstone like in live chat or whatever, call people the N-word, call people like the F-word, like all these different things and they don't get banned from the game. Mhm. So there's a lot of shady things that just happened all because Blizzard does not want to end their business relationship with China because they get a lot of money from China. I agree. It's like we could lose potentially billions of dollars or we can make no money and stand up for human rights. Yeah. Uh, Which one do you choose? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the money. (laughs) Like what? I know. (laughs) Which is so dumb like i it's so ridiculous it's it's like i mean blizzard has been on the downhill for a while now but this is so for even more for to to stir the pot even more after they made this announcement they blizzard came out with another press release and they said oh by the way this decision has nothing to do with China and I'm just like this has everything to do with China (laughs) yeah seriously like this is ridiculous and to the point now that now they're reinstating Blitzchung he's not even expend he's not um he's not suspended anymore he gets all his prize money and he has his title 
Well, his his re- his suspension was reduced to just six months, not a year. It still doesn't fix anything. Like you can give him his money and the title back. And oh, he's still suspended. Look- yeah, just six months though. I see. Um, and one thing I want to do mention is that he did say something about his um his ban, his initial ban, and it was today I lost Hearthstone. It's only a matter of four years. But if Hong Kong lost, it's the matter of a lifetime. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that's pretty profound. Yeah. And he's right, though. I mean, yeah, he's. It's it's it would only be a matter of time until, um, you know, whatever happens to Hong Kong is really up to the people. Yeah. Blizzard, like, and just whatever they always care about Tencent. They always care about Alibaba and all of these different things. And sure. There's one billion people in China, but the truth, this is the truth of the matter. These one billion people in China are censored and have their own games to play as well. They're not play like some of these people aren't even playing your games. They have their own Chinese games that they're playing. Mm-hmm. So if you decide to side with Hong Kong, like... Yeah, you're going to lose, like, whatever. You're going to lose money. But you know what you gain? You support people and you don't support police brutality. And to be honest, China was going to forget about you anyways. Prior to this happening, there was actually something else that happened a few days before. So this whole Blitzchung event happened on October 8th. Four days prior, there was uh, a tweet from Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets. He tweeted out, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. He was in Japan at the time uh, doing some press work and I guess like promoting something with the Rockets. Uh, James Harden was there as well. Um, They were like, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing, but they were in Japan for some reason. They're just doing summer promo. Summer promo. And then some preseason games are happening like internationally. Oh, for sure. So he tweeted out and of course... The NBA is trying to put a stake in China right now. And what's worse is that the Rockets are the biggest team in China. Correct. They're the most recognizable. Uh, everyone in China knows Yao, them. They're Yao the most Ming, popular. like the most famous Chinese player of all time, was a Houston Rockets player. Exactly. And that was, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why the Houston Rockets are so popular in China. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that happened. And now everyone is like, holy shit, like, do you know what you're doing? Like, the NBA told him that he was wrong. Um, basically, there was they, they could have lost so much. Like, they could have lost millions of dollars because of this. And even Nike pulled out Houston Rockets jerseys and, and paraphernalia from stores, from their Nike stores in, um, in China because they're like, they were so afraid of the backlash. And yeah, and they were right to do so because... Yeah, there was there's quite a few backlashes going on. People like people and fans in China were very angry at why he said that and what he did. Um, I think so. What's most important though about the NBA's response, because whoever owns the Rockets, like they'll do whatever they do, and they could fire Maury if they want to. But the most important response is actually Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner's response, where. Adam Silver, in his statement, 
even though it was a clean PR statement, he said that the NBA and the commissioner is like the highest, like he's basically a CEO of the NBA. And he said that um, the NBA is not responsible for the, for any, for the statements and free speech that comes out of their play of the comes from the players, coaches, or anyone who works in the NBA, which is what, which was basically Adam Silver supporting Daryl Morey and saying that he doesn't have to apologize for what he said. So that, so that, yeah. so no matter what crap the NBA and like everyone else in the NBA gives him, the response that came from Adam Silver was a very strong and profound one that sure Adam Silver, he had to make a PR statement, but he did not force Daryl Morey to apologize. Yeah, I think that's better because, yeah, basically what he was saying is your your views are your own opinions. Um, what you think is right is what you think is right, basically. Uh, you know, you, the NBA is based in a country that believes in the freedom of speech. So why shouldn't he have that right as well? Yes. Um, on top of this whole NBA thing, there was uh, there were two episodes from the hit series South Park that came out. I watched both of them. Uh, there's one called Band in China and the sequel called Shots. Not really a sequel, more like a follow-up. Um, so what happened was the the first episode, Band in China, is about the boys making a band and they want to become popular. Um, and so a music a movie producer asked them if he can make a biopic. And he's like, well... This this movie needs to be more acceptable to a Chinese audience, so we need to make it easier to understand. And they were very frustrated by that because there were some elements that they wanted to add that they couldn't put in. But then he's like, "You'll make so much money from China if you do it this way." And there's a whole scene where there there was like this Chinese guy watching over um, Kyle as he was like writing the story, and he kept saying like, "No, you can't do that," or he's like pointing to it and yelling at him and like saying he had to rewrite it and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this is like a really satirical way of, you know, showing how the the how the movie industry panders to China. And I totally get it. Uh, on the flip side of the episode was Randy, Randy Marsh. He um, was like trying to sell weed in China. But of course, in China, weed is extremely illegal. So he was caught in the airport. They take him to... Um, they take him to like a internment camp and they try to re-educate him and it's like really dark and he meets Winnie the Pooh and Winnie the Pooh's like, yeah, they, I'm in jail because the president of China banned me because people are saying that I look like him and he looks like me. And so, yeah, there was this whole weird backstory going on. Uh, and of course, because of this, this episode was banned in China. Then just like the names, just like the name, like in, in a, in itself was, like the whole series of South Park is actually pulled from China. Um, so the next episode that came out the next week called shots was, uh, there's a line where Randy Marsh is forced to say the F word about China. Hmm. And yeah, it was crazy. It was, I was like, wow, like they really know what they're doing. There were a lot of like a little subtle hints about China and the government and stuff. Um, in in uh, the episode shots. Oh, I should also clarify. It wasn't Kyle that was writing. It was Stan because uh, Stan and Randy. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. I should watch that episode. So, yeah, watch both of them. Watch Band in China and watch Shots after, and they're they're hilarious. They're they're great little pieces of satire. Yeah. And 
like I haven't seen it yet, but this might ha- this might be the most controversial episode of South Park since the episode where they showed an image of Muhammad, the uh, the god of uh, Islam, because that that is like oh. completely banned in the Middle East. Yeah. Oh. So, so it doesn't, so it doesn't surprise me that this is banned in China at all. Oh yeah, no, there's a lot of controversies surrounding South Park. Of course, it's a very controversial so show. Um, and Trey Parker and Matt Stone released a statement. Uh, it's actually really funny. It's it's a faux apology, and they were like, like the we're NBA. Sorry. Yeah, it, it, it's like the NBA. We welcome Chinese censors into our homes and into our hearts. We too <laughs> love money more than freedom and democracy. She doesn't just look like Winnie the Pooh at all. Tune into our 300th episode this Wednesday. Long live the great Communist Party of China. May this autumn's Songherm harvest be bountiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a such a good statement and just such a good response to everything. Oh my god. And so yeah, that on top of the NBA stuff and of course with the blitz 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 chung stuff happening all at once was just a whole huge pot of anti-china sentiments that's going on right now oh man that's oh that's pretty crazy i should also mention that tencent is uh, a partner in the nba a partner with the nba for games in china and just like you know supporting basketball in china uh in a deal that's worth 1.5 billion dollars and they said that they won't be airing rockets games in the future Mm-hmm. makes sense yeah given given the fallout that's just too bad. Oh, so yeah, poor so, China. So now South Park is wiped from all of Chinese internet. You can't find any mention of it, no notice of it. Uh, the Houston Rockets are now banned in China, apparently. Also, Zed, music artist Zed, he is banned in China because the he DJ? liked. Yes, he liked a tweet, um, from South Park, and China banned him. Oh wow. And he's like, well, <laughs> can't go to China now. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. Man, everyone just got to be nice to each other. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, obviously, there's not so much that I can say because I am not a Chinese or a Hong Kong person. But, like, support human rights is all I got to say. Yeah, that's all I got to say on this statement, and I hope everyone who is affected does not get hurt. Agreed. Yeah, um I don't want to get too much too political because I can talk about this for a while, but I actually don't want to. Um it's just too much. Oh yeah. And uh we do that's yeah. Yeah. If you have a question Wait, wait. We do have two questions, actually two comments. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. mind then. Before Not we, yet. <laughs> before we make the request, let me just read these two. Okay, so this is from episode 120, Untitled Podcast, and this is from Fall Guy 27. He says, I agree PlayStation is going to restructure their team for PS5, announced now for holiday 2020. They need to change how they market their console, but I don't think reshuffle is the correct decision. I think the Sony CEO, Yoshida, knows what he is doing. Um... Yeah, I mean, honestly, like we just mentioned in this podcast, no one wants to lose their job. No one wants to 
wake up and find out that they got fired or go to work and find out that they have to leave. Um, but the company, they definitely know what they're doing. I feel like they, even though it might hurt a lot of people, and this has happened before with most recently, there was a large rooster teeth layoff that happened and it was for them to push forward and to move forward. And yeah, it's, it's hard for people. It's hard for employees to understand what that means. And like, what that means for a company to do. Like sometimes you have to cut off the fat to keep going. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of corporations, they definitely want to do better. And for them, a better financial move is to just let go of some people. I think that PlayStation is trying to be hip. I think that's their plan. Um, <laughs> I, I I like I actually I think there is some truth to that statement. Um, for yeah. example, the fact that this was just announced in an article is not traditional of Sony to do. But I've noticed this past year they've been announcing things through Twitter and magazines and articles without even a real press conference or explaining anything. So I think they're trying I. So I I don't think they're done with the re reorg. I think that's still not figured out. But I think their game plan for PS5 is they're trying to be hip. And they're trying to be the cool teacher in Malcolm in the Middle is how I feel. Yeah, no. And to do that, you kind of have to restructure your company. And that means letting go of some people that probably don't fit with the vision of your future. Yep. And that's just how it is. Like, if you want something different, you can't keep the thing that's going to hold you back that has always been the same, if that makes any oh, sense. Oh, yeah. So we have one more comment from the same user, FallGuy27, and this is on episode 118, Judgment Spoiler Cast. And he says again, feedback on Judgment is good. I didn't feel this episode flowed as well as previous spoiler casts because of the end, which is redundant. The previous episode, you already talked about the last half of the episode, so I don't know why it had to be repeated. But the first half of the episode is good, uh, is fun, and for what I expected with the spoiler cast, storyline discussion. Uh, so I just want to say that thank you for your feedback, the very good constructive criticism, and thank you for listening to, the, to both of those episodes. The reason why... I, in particular, reiterated some of the things at the end of the previous episode is because not everyone listens to all of our episodes, and we do feel like there are some users that cherry-pick episodes that we release. Yeah. Uh, There's some, uh, like, really, some people, they only listen to spoiler casts. So, like, uh, like traditionally, we do just only talk about the storyline, and even though, and we do have ep like episodes just dedicated to the stuff that happens while we're playing the game, but in general, with judgment because it was such a good game, because we knew we knew some people were only going to listen to that podcast, so we just wanted to put everything there again. Yeah, no, and I really appreciate that you're actually listening to both. <laughs> that's super awesome. That yeah, it, it it that's cool. It means that you know we have a regular fan. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. It's good. I, I, we definitely like seeing these kind of comments and hearing your feedback. And it's super awesome to know that there are people that actually want something new and fresh from us. And yeah, we understand why you feel this cer certain way. But at the same time, we want you to understand that not everyone listens to all the podcasts. Uh, there, I was telling Elisa this the other day. 
there are some people that have been listening to our Terrace House podcasts. And because of that, our Terrace House podcasts are the most popular podcasts on our channel right now. Uh, so YouTube in particular. Um, I can't speak for the uh, for the numbers on Podbean or Stitcher, but on YouTube in particular, the Terrace House podcasts are the, the ones that are doing really well. Um, and yeah, to add on to Elisa's previous point, we were so excited about Judgment. Like, literally, if you couldn't hear it in Elisa's voice on episode 117, there were so many things she wanted to talk about, but I kept telling her, save it for the spoiler cast, save it for the spoiler cast, because it's there's just so much information that we want to divulge, and we want to have it all concentrated in one place. And, you know, of course, we let some things slip through, and we talk about certain things here and there, like, you know, who's the best girlfriend, or what we thought about the drone races. But, again, we want to feel that we need to reiterate that so that people that didn't listen to 117, now that they hear it in the spoiler cast, know that it's all concentrated into one episode. Yes. So, exactly. Yeah. So, Fall Guy 27, thanks for both of your comments. That was super awesome. Um, Hopefully, you're listening to this one right now. And thank you for being a fan. If you have a question or a comment for the podcast, www.downtime.live has a form on the left side. It also has a Discord link. Feel free to join our Discord. You can email us at contact at downtime.live. You can comment wherever we have the podcast. So that includes Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, and you comment. We'll talk about it. And if you listen through apple podcasts you write a review for us and we'll list we'll read it on the podcast yeah um and right now i have breaking news yes okay this i think just happened right now (laughs) oh okay (laughs) so (laughs) so fortnite um i guess it, it they split up their content into seasons. So this is currently uh there was a season 10 event and the season 10 event just ended. And apparently the way that it ended is it ended in a black hole. So the so the whole event, the fight was called the end and after um your whole map um kind of crumbled and then it turned into a black hole and now when you try to play the game there this black it's just a black hole huh so i don't know what that means but i thought that was really interesting and this is for every player right now if you log in you can't play it's a black hole what are they trying to make with the statement i wonder the statement that they're trying to make is tune in to season 11 of Fortnite. <laughs> we don't play Fortnite on this podcast, but hey, it's there. <laughs> tune in to season okay. 11. <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> oh, brother. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs>